Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm super excited today. We're going to talk with Coach Russell, uh, Russell, a national coach in Ireland. So, um... I got some Irish blood. My mom's maiden name is McCormick, so I got some Irish blood flowing through me. So this is a great one. We'll do this today and tomorrow. Um, but before we jump into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um, you know, their headquarters is in Bloomington, Minnesota, right outside of uh, Minneapolis. It's a Midwestern company. Um, you know, they have more than just a shooting machine, but that's probably because you're listening to this podcast, what you want. Um, go over and check it out. They have great ways to finance and work with you to make it work. Also mention Coach Unplugged and they give you $350 off your next purchase. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You know, you want to win more games. You want to have more fun in less time. You want to learn from someone that's done it. You know, you have you have my you have access to instant access and my insights of 30 plus years of coaching numerous i mean a 10 state championship appearances three three rings four runner ups you know i i i know what it is to coach at the highest level um, to win national tournaments. I have done it. Come over and let me help you through this great thing we call coaching. So um, go over and check it out. Uh, 14-day free trial, like I said earlier in the week, the only only place out there that you get that. We guarantee it. Um, we, we love our product so much. We're not going to upsell you. We're not going to say, hey, you know, come join our membership, but then we'll sell you this $69 little mini course or we'll do this or that. We're not going to do that. It's just come over and join the membership. You get everything inside it. Um, and it's a, it's a great community. So um, probably worth the price itself just for the community, not even the content that's in it. So come over and check us out and let's get off the podcast. All right. Well, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So I'm going to start out this episode with an apology to Coach Russell. I so for for all of you that are listening, don't know that we we probably did this. I don't know. What do you think, Coach? Six weeks ago, maybe five or six weeks ago. Yeah, it was about it was about that. And it was, about uh, six weeks it was, a, it was great. I'm telling you, and this is going to make people mad, but and this one's going to be very good too. But it was a really good podcast. So then I get back, and what I do is I usually go back, I edit, I figure out what you know, I, I you know, I clean up some of the audio, I put an intro in, those kind of things but it's never done a podcast knows that. So I get there and it literally sounds like it's a rainstorm. It's horrible. So then it was some mic problems. So I, I am so sorry, coach, that you're having to do this a second time. 
Um, that's funny. That's no worries. It's always good <laughs> um, to see you. I totally apologize. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll do some, we'll start to similar we did last time. I'm going to have you introduce everybody because I think you're a little bit unique, especially for all the listeners in the U.S. So kind of introduce yourself, tell about your journey and, um, you know, where you are, because I obviously know all the answers to this already. And then um, we'll, we'll delve into that and then we'll do some of the basketball questions. And then the, 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 the rapid fire should be easier for you this time. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll see. All right, go ahead, coach. Okay. Yeah. My, my name is uh, Dermot Russell. I'm based in, in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I'm obviously like a lot of, a lot of coaches and uh, people involved in the basketball world. Um, I first thing got involved in the game as a player and um, started playing basketball seriously when I was kind of 13, 14 years of age. Um, Made the national team here under 17 when I was in school, boys. Um, and then when I went on and did a year of high school in the States and Connecticut and then two years of JUCO. Okay, so let's stop, there for, let's stop there for a second. Hold on, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So explain to the people how, how the European kind of basketball world works. So the way our kids work is, you know, they, they go to elementary school, which is, you know, I don't know, from 6 to 10, and then they do middle school. You know, as in the teens, and then they do high school, then it's college. And during that time, they're playing with their school teams, but they're also playing with summer teams. How is that similar or different in Ireland? Well, I, I can speak about Ireland uh, definitively as opposed to other countries, because it does vary in different countries all around Europe. Um, and obviously, that's reflected in the different standards in, in each country. Um, right. For the most part in Ireland, uh, particularly when I was growing up, the, the game would have primarily started for kids in secondary school. Right. There's few schools that would have actually had a primary level that's like kind of, I suppose, the junior low, yeah. uh, high and or lower. Right. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have really existed, and it was only really starting going. And we had a golden age for basketball back in the, I suppose, the '80s and early '90s, um, where the game blossomed here, um, and that had a major effect on the game in terms of its growth and that. But in terms of the when the kids start, it's typically and start to take the game fairly seriously. It's typically uh, in the school system. It's it's from twelve on. Right. And that's somewhat changed in recent years. That you know, with the growth of the game, that they're introducing mini baskets, uh, basketball schemes, and the likes. The federation are, are promoting this this new green shoots uh, basketball program around the country, which is fantastic to see. Which is kind of getting kids from the age of five and six, um, get getting them involved in the game, getting them bouncing balls, and you know, and and getting getting the playing. So we're hoping that you know the likes of those types of initiatives will have a a profound effect on the game, and in particular the level here in years to come. Obviously, we'll see this in five or six years' time when these kids start coming into high school. Right, and we see the start this. And, and do you, when when they're younger, young. when they're younger, do they do they use a smaller ball? Do they lower the hoops? Do they do any of those kind of things? Because it's really hard for a five or six year old to get that ball up to it. I mean, it'd be like you and I shooting on a seventeen foot hoop. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, kids to be fair with the kids. There's, I mean, unfortunately, not every gym in the country will be able would have those type of facilities around that you can lower the, the baskets in, but. They typically the the green shoots programs would would use um, you know baskets that are range of anywhere between six feet to eight feet tall. Okay. Um, for to to cater for their, their respective age groups. Okay. And um, 
you know, I mean, it depends on where you are in the country as well, if there's the funding there to back it up in terms of, you know, buying equipment and the coaching and whatnot, and um, how big the actual basketball or the, I suppose the will in the school will be for basketball. So it, it can vary. But at the same time, I suppose, where there's, there's a will, there's a way. And in, 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 many, in many cases, they, they would have this, the facilities in place to cater for those little kids. Right. And certainly in the, the academy that we run here in Dublin, we have, we've got the mini baskets in for the kids. We run, a, run, run sessions for kids. Now, this is nothing to do with the school, but um, we run sessions just you know, a couple of hours a week. And we'll come back to your, we'll come back to your academy, but when do you, when do you do your, um, when do you do your camp stuff in your academy? Uh, well, actually we have a camp starting on, um, on Tuesday. Okay. We've got, uh, Dave Sevens flying in from the, the LA, from, from LA. He's a previous director of development at the LA Clippers. Yep. And, um, he's coming in, he's going to have a, he's going to be running a coaching seminar here, which is, which needed as well in terms of coaches ed- education. Yep. Um, but we have, we've, Basically, two weeks of camp here in Dublin, and then we have two weeks of camp in Barcelona, in Spain. Okay. So, for both of those camps, we've got kids flying in from various different locations. We actually have a couple of kids coming into Barcelona from New York. Wow. And um, we've got two coaches coming in from the States, um, and we have, that's in Barcelona, and then we've got a bunch of Irish coaches coaching for the second week here in Dublin. So, you know, it's a mixed bag of tricks in terms of what we offer from week to week. But right. the idea with it all being is, is to give the kids a full month of, of pre-season practice before they get in there so they're in training for four or five hours a day and um, before they go into the season. Right, they're working. Okay, so let's go back to, let's go back to your um, experience. Um, so you, you came to the States to play high school? Yes, I came over for originally. I was kind of brought in, I suppose, for want of a better description, as a, as a ringer into high school. Right. Um, you know, it was, I suppose, described as a foreign exchange program, but it wasn't exactly a foreign exchange because there was no, nobody coming back across the Atlantic. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I came in, I suppose I was a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six center, um, and I was brought into the team to just to bolster the team, help them be more competitive. It was, a, I suppose, a, from the, the U.S. standard, it would have been a lower level in New England. Um, it was a class S school, and um, we did okay. I think we finished in the top four of the league, and that it was a fantastic experience for a 17 year old Irish kid to be going over there and experiencing American culture and the game there. And right. you know, uh, my son is literally just back from a similar type uh, tour. Yeah, you said he, you said he was on a like an AU a, AU kind of. What was he doing? I, I remember you talking yeah. about him last time. It's um, it wouldn't really be an AAU program. It's more of a, it's like a, it's like a club setup set up by a guy called Scott Bryson. He's been doing it for like I think wow, twenty nine years now at the stage, something like that. Um, they call themselves the International Colonials or the New England Colonials. Okay. And the international program basically consists of eleven players from eleven different countries uh, around Europe, and they go and they play against various different teams and that on the circuit in, in, in around, he think he traveled around six states in New England. Yeah. And uh, got to experience, and that was over the course of about 30 days. And he got to experience the game there. It was a fantastic cultural experience more than anything else, I think, for him. And um, obviously the basketball was the, was the excuse for it all to happen. But, you know, he made a lot of new friends and friends he probably had for life. I know I'm still friends with guys that I went on that similar type, type trip on back in 92. 
1992. And um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity for European kids to do something like that. And credit's got to be given to you know Scott Bryson for running such a program. Right, it's a great thing. So we'll we'll come back and talk about your academy in a second. So let's go. Let's keep going on your kind of basketball journey. So it was you you played here, and then did you go back? What what happened after that? Did you play college here? Can't remember. Yeah, I played um, when I was in high school up there in in Connecticut. Um, I was getting scouted. I had a couple of home visits. I was a few D three, D D two schools. That type. That's the type of level that I was at. Right. Um, obviously looking for the full scholarship because I would have came from fairly humble beginnings here in Ireland. There wasn't a whole lot of financial support. Right. For for me, when I was there. Um, so I didn't manage to get um a full scholarship. Uh, so I ended up going to a local community college up in Norwich, Connecticut. It was called Three, Three Rivers Community Technical College. Yeah. And I played a bit of ball there and um, had two years there. I was working towards my associate's degree. About, I suppose, 20 months into it, I actually got homesick. And <laughs> that um, Yeah, I, missed, I was a mommy's boy. I missed my mom's cooking, you know. So um, once, once I... Uh, you know, once that sets in, I think the only answer is to go home for a kid. I mean, that's what we would have the same philosophy here for the kids in the academy. Right. And basically, I, I, I had family in Canada. I had a car at the time. So literally in the space of a, maybe it was impulse, I don't know, but I packed up my car with everything I could and I drove to Toronto and um, I kind of worked my way home from there. I worked for my brother who was running a business at the time up there and to get my flight fare back to London. Um. And then basically worked for my sister in, in, who was living in London at the time and to get my flight back to Dublin. So it was kind of, it took me about six weeks eventually to get home, but it was like, there was a great weight off my shoulders once I decided to go home um, right. because I, I, knew, I knew I was going to get there. But it wasn't necessarily because of anything that was happening over there. It was just that I missed I missed Ireland. I mean, I was home two weeks and I wanted to go back. I mean, that's that's reality. It, it, and um, it's hard. I mean, I have, I have one of my guys just, you know, he's a New York kid, New York City kid, moved here, and then he just he, he just got a scholarship to, to Dartmouth, which is an Ivy League school in upstate New, New Hampshire. Yeah. I can tell by his texts and stuff, he's he's a little homesick, and it's a little barren up there in the summer, and I think he's over the hump. If you can get the problem with homesickness, if you can get over the hump, it's usually good, but that, yeah. that's a brutal time when you're homesick. We've all been. Hey everybody, yeah. hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids, playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great. Five star. If you're going to do a two star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14 day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft, come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of, um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out high school hoops, um, and teacher side gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head and back to the sick. We've all been there. Yeah. They say you'll never get homesick twice. It'll only ever happen once. And as you say, if you get over that hump, I mean, you, you, you know, pretty much through it. Yeah. But at the time, it was easy for me to, to escape from the, the reality that I was in, um, you know, because I was having to work myself way through college as well. So that was right. tough, obviously. But um, I mean, I was only thinking about this the other day in terms of the kids that, you know, kids are in the States. And, you know, we've got a kid coming into us to do a master's degree in the academy. And he's basically going, he's originally from Miami, but he's in school out in 
Ohio. I mean, that's almost as far away as Ireland is from the country so vast there that, you know, right. although you're still in the same country, it could, complete, could be a completely different culture, different weather, different, you know. Oh, people don't um, understand how big the United States is. It's like, it's there's totally different microcultures within the U. I mean, it's crazy. The, the difference between yeah. the West and the East Coast and the West Coast and the South. I mean, it is such a large landmass that it's not, you know, it's not like the European nations where they're, you know, literally like going from Wisconsin, which is Wisconsin to Illinois is like going from, you know, France to Germany kind of thing. It's, you know, yeah, you know, and, and beyond. <laughs> yeah. And beyond. And it's, yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, it's hard for people to realize that. All right. So when you got back to Ireland, then what happened? I got back to Ireland. Um, I literally landed on my feet. I got a really, really good job. I was 20, 20 years old. Um, I got a job with a, you know, in, in sales with a company car expenses and nice, nice salary, all sorts of stuff. It was, I got it from one of my old, actually my old high school um, football coach who kind of, he was the connector hooked me up there. But, you know, it was only supposed to be a temporary thing. And then I was, I was due to go back and that, that material, that kind of moved into a more permanent position. And, I ended up going back to university here and playing ball in uh, in the National League here. Um, I was playing with a club called Parker Rovers at the time, and really enjoyed my time there. It was um, it was certainly a different type of type of uh, type of game because I had originally came from here as a center, went right. over to the states, developed my game, and I came back here and I was kind of playing, kind of playing more the three four position. Right. So it was, you know, I certainly developed as a player. I was more athletic when I came back from the states, um, and certainly more a, a much better shooter. Right. So, because um, I, I played a lot more ball than I ever would have done if I had stayed here. So, you know, I walked walked into a, a national league team. Um, you know, we think we did reasonably well that season, and then I I met my wife. Um, I was still pretty young. Yeah, and I started to settle down and started playing in the regional leagues and started coaching kids. You know, that's where really my real, the real kind of coaching career started when I was kind of early in my early twenties. Right, I was coaching uh, in my old high school here, and that materialized into the at club level. And I've been coaching various different teams at so different levels. Explain the club level for the for the listeners in the U.S. Explain club level because I don't think people in the U.S. totally get what the club level is is it a okay okay well yeah well, look the club level here is is you know it, it will be obviously it's a different setup um than what we obviously will be in school so the clubs basically unfortunately they they would only have the resource because everybody's got to pay to play right so um they they would train two or three nights a week if they're lucky and have at least one game against other clubs in the, in the area and we would have like we've got five levels of league in the men's divisions here Right in Dublin, and, and at every level you got every level you got to pay. Every level you got to okay. pay. Even some of them at the, at the premium level, some of the Irish players would have to pay fees to play in the in the in the league. Now there is clubs that are lucky enough that they can sort their players out with various different benefits or um, various different kind of I suppose whether it's a salary or accommodation. Or like I, when I was playing right. in the National League, I played, I got my accommodation paid for. But okay. I. You know, there is there is different deals that can that can work out and work out quite well for the players. Um, okay. But right across the board, you know, um, sponsorship obviously, like anything else, is a big thing, and it's hard to come by because the game is a minority sport here. 
Right. Um, all the money really goes into other 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 sports like rugby and soccer and the GAA in particular, which is our number one sport, Gaelic football. So we talked yeah. about that. Explain yeah. that. Explain that sport to to everybody. I, I've become a fan since you and I talked. I've watched a bunch of stuff on YouTube with it. It's crazy. It's yeah. It's uh. It's 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 my other love. Um, Gaelic football would be. You know, it was, would have been my second sport growing up. It would have been my initial sport, actually. And then I, I fell in love with the game of basketball. Right. But it's, um, people describe it sometimes as a mixture between, uh, a crossover between basketball and, and, and soccer and maybe a bit of rugby put in there. Right. Um, but it really, the game is so unique in itself and the skill set. There is a lot of crossover skills, particularly from basketball, actually. Um, you know, it like hand movement, foot speed, you know, peripheral vision is it will be a huge one for for basketball players coming into into uh, the Gaelic game, Gaelic games. But it's there is a there is a big crossover. But the game itself, how can I describe it? I mean, it's played on a obviously on a football field. It's about the, probably the size of a, an American football. Right. It's, it's probably one and a half times of a soccer pitch, a full size soccer pitch. Um, the players allowed handle, handle the ball basically, and they can solo it, which means that they can they kick it up back up into their hands for every four steps that they take. Uh, they can dribble it once um, in between solos, um, you know, and then they, then they can hand pass it, but it has to be with a clenched fist. The game itself is incredibly physical. I mean, there's no the players don't wear padding. I mean, that's you know, there's no padding there. Um, I know it's crazy. Yeah. I mean. And and the thing is, I think it's. I mean, is it really only played in Ireland? Well, no, it's played all around the world. I mean, there's the Gaelic football clubs around uh, all around the world. I mean, there's there's a huge club in New York, and, and in fact, the, New York play in our national championship. So there's and so do London. Okay. Um, but there's different teams scattered around the place. But typically, the the, the real standard is obviously here in Ireland. Um, and then if you if you look at the Australian rules football is is kind of derived from Gaelic football, right? Um, you know, which is kind of a they play with a kind of an oval ball, which looks like a rugby ball. It does look and like a, lot a rugby of ball. Look, yeah, yeah, but I, it's smaller and easier to catch. Yeah, I've but seen there's that. a lot of crossover between the two games, you know. And when is the season for that? Uh, the season typically would start when uh, the guys would start preseason training come January, February depending on how serious the program is or what level you're playing at. And um, it would run right through to the end of the summer. Um, right. And sometimes, if, you know, with the weather, it can, it can be driven mm-hmm. right beyond into the fall. Okay, so let's talk. Let's go back to your so, – so then you – so then let's – we haven't gotten to where you are right now. So let's, let's try to gap between – Okay, okay. Um, I suppose when I came home, when I started having kids, I've got, I've got four kids, and my eldest is 17 now, my, my eldest son. Right. And when I, I was coaching his team, um, which I don't recommend, I don't recommend parents coach their, coach their kids. <laughs> There's uh, a good book. I'm coaching my son right now. There's a good book. I'll put it in the show notes. It's something like coaching your sons. It can, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Um, yeah. I have a rule for the people that are listening to this. I have a rule. That when because I coach him in two sports actually in the high school uh, I have the rule that once once it used to be once we got home we didn't talk about it unless he brought it up now the rule is once yeah. we get to the car to come home because yeah. <laughs> I used to use yeah, I used to yeah. use the car ride home to do some stuff he, so as soon as I get in that car with him we're dad and it's like if he wants to bring it up 
we talk about it, whatever. Otherwise, there's no discussion. And that is that has solved 99.9% of all problems. Um, well, I was going to say that could be a very quiet car ride home, eh? <laughs> <laughs> if it's a bad practice, it is for sure. If it's a bad practice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I just... I just found my, my, I've never coached my daughter who's 15. Um, and she, she she's, did she get hurt? Yeah. She did her ACL there yeah. uh, almost two years ago. Now she's just making a comeback. She's, we're going to Iceland now with the national team and okay. she's really starting to come into it. So, you know, so push come back. She does. that's good. Yeah. So we, we I held her up, up almost 15. Well, it would have been 15 months before we let her touch a ball again or get back on court because, she's high risk she was so young and she's you know she's right. a girl um, yeah those wider and, hips you know it's hard yeah. yeah yeah so um but look i mean i you know hopefully you know she she she'll, she'll remain healthy and she can make that final to cut to go to the europeans next year right um but just getting back to coaching my, my son as i say i found that he really started to blossom when I stopped coaching him. I know whether that's a reflection on my coaching ability or the fact that I'm his dad. I don't know. <laughs> that's debatable. But um, he's he was he's a late bloomer anyway, you know. But right. getting back to the, I suppose that what we, the point I was trying to make is when I started when I started coaching him at five six years of age, you know, after a couple of years, I just didn't feel like I was having enough impact in the area that I was living in to be able to present. I wanted to be able to present opportunities for these kids. Like like I had, right. So when they were almost, I suppose under eleven, so only seven years ago now, um, I decided to look at other ways I could do this, and the way that I thought was best was to register as a or to get my FIBA FIBA license, right, as a as an agent to try and recruit players and send them on to bigger and better opportunities. So the way I and started, how was it, I started. How hard, oh, hold on one second. How hard is it to get yeah. that license? Because I know nothing about that. Um, well, you got to. I mean, you got to sit an exam, so you got to study for the exam, and then okay. you got to have the money to invest in it too. So, okay, you know, it's it, it's a timely process, and just it's again, it's like anything, just putting the work in, and you know, being able to have the the, the backing to do it. So, so there's a fee. Um, there's a fee. There's a fee and a test is basically what it comes down to. The fee and a test, and then to to remain remain certified, there's an annual fee. Okay. You know. Okay. Which um. I suppose it, for me, it's worth having um, because it allows me to trade players internationally. Right. Um, you know, so I, because of where I am here, I wouldn't have traded. I would, it took me a while to get established as an agent in Europe. Right. But essentially, um, I would have started basically recruiting players, young players, to go on um, and go on to different academy opportunities okay. in the UK, mostly, um, then to Italy, Spain. I look. I went and explored the academy structure in Canada, and also I've placed a couple of players in the states as well. So I mean, it's 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 going um, it's, it's it's going in the right direction. And I in in the process process of all of that, I have I suppose I've, I've learned the intricacies of how and what makes an academy tick. Right. Um, and I've always felt from the time I was eighteen years of age, from the time I I went to with a high school team here in Dublin to Moscow. And I stayed in Trenta. It was a, it's, it's the national team, it's the Russian national team's um, training academy, and saw what the setup that they had there. Um, the idea of setting up an academy kind of was originated from that. And I didn't know it at the time when I started recruiting for them, but 
I was building up a knowledge that is really priceless in terms of what is making these these organizations tick and what right. works and what doesn't. And I decided four years ago to set up here in Dublin um, and try to take the best of all the academies that I've recruited for and place it here in Dublin. So um, that's where we're at. So what do you think the key, what, what is the key? I mean, I think this would relate to anybody that's listening to this. So what's the key to your cat? I mean, what's the key to running a good academy? So different than running a good program, I don't think. I mean, what, 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 is, what are the keys? What do you look for? Um, well, we look for players that we can work with. I mean, we, when I, I suppose when, when I'm recruiting players, I don't just look at their, their, their actual playing ability or where they're at now. I look at where they could be in a few years' time, but I also look at, we also interview the players. But in terms of making it work um, on the ground day to day, I can only put it down the most important aspect of making the academy work as a whole is the players' welfare and happiness. Right. Um, because we have happy players, you know, the system is working. And, right. and they'll we, recruit for we you. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, we're going now from 15 players last year to 30 plus players next year. Um, you know, I mean, it's, we've, we scaled it back last year. We had 21 the year before. But we scaled it back last year because we moved into a new campus facility and we wanted to basically manage things better. Right. Um, plus, there were difficulties with some visas and stuff, and that took up a lot of time too. So, for for non EU players, right. but you know, next this year going forward, the the, the academy has gone uh, is going to another level, both in terms of numbers, but also in, in terms of the standard of players uh, that we have coming in. I mean, we've got players coming from I think six or seven different countries now at this stage. Um, we very much we actually just hired an American coach to coach at the academy. Uh, he's coming out of uh, Western Kentucky. Okay. Um, or I think it's Western. Is it, is it Western Kentucky? Yeah, there's um, Western Kentucky. Yeah, he was originally from Western Virginia. He coached at Huntington Prep, and he was originally, last year he was with uh, Wesley Christian Academy, which I think is ranked number 14 in the nation there. Okay. So, you know, he's helped a lot of kids as well develop placed him in various different scholarship opportunities and I'm hoping that he'll be able to do the same here. I'm very confident that he will. You know, so he's very excited to come and have the new experience to come over here and coach. He's young, he's ambitious. And, and so uh, why, why, why are they, are they coming to your academy to go play professionally? Are they coming to go to your academy to get a division one basketball scholarship in the U S what is the, what is the end? What's the end goal for a lot of the players that come? Okay, well, there's a number of different objects. Hello, everyone. I hope you're really enjoying um, our discussion with Coach. I know how much I know much how I've I've enjoyed it. If if I could ask you a favor and go over and check out teachuse.com for coaches who want to get better, I think if you're listening to this website, first of all, you love or this podcast. I'm sure you love basketball. I'm sure somehow you're related to it. I'm sure you know of somebody that loves basketball and coaches it. I can't imagine a better resource than teachhoops.com. Um, you know, we're in the process right now of working on our site. Um, we're going to be upgrading it, and we're probably going to be increasing the prices. So if you're thinking about getting in, obviously basketball season is right around the corner. Leaves are starting to change. Um, I would ask that you go over and check out teachhoops. Sports Social Podcast Network.